This is Austin Real Estate Investing. Austin Real Estate Investing. We'll be discussing real estate investing in Austin, Texas, and bringing you experts from all different sectors of the real estate game. Your host, Jordan Moorhead, is a real estate agent and investor in Austin and is here to help you get started or to build your portfolio and explore new strategies. Hey guys, this is Austin Real Estate Investing. This is Jordan Moorhead, and today I have Bruce Peterson here on the line. Bruce is a local Austin real estate investor, and he's going to tell us all about what he does. How you doing, Bruce? Good, man. How are you? Doing great. So, Bruce, let's just get started with you. Tell us a little bit about you and what you do in real estate investing. So, I'm a syndicator. Uh, my wife and I syndicate large apartment complexes throughout Central Texas. Uh, we're very vertically integrated. We have two management companies, one in Austin that handles all of our Central Texas stuff. And then we have one in Nashville, Tennessee also oh. that we get more into true commercial uh, strip centers, office, industrial, warehouse, that kind of thing. Um, syndicated over 1,100 units, got started in 2012. We currently have almost 1,000 units that we have syndicated between Austin and San Antonio. Uh, we have one we're actually selling right now, 256 units, so that'll be nice get that little infusion of cash. Yeah. Um, just always looking to buy more. Uh, like I said, been doing it since 2012. National Award winner for the Apartment Association, the National Apartment Association, as the Independent Rental Owner of the Year for 2017, and the Think Realty Multifamily Investor of the Year for 2019. So this is all we do. We love everything about it. And, you know, it's, just, it's the best thing I've ever done. Awesome. So, about Austin too. How long have you lived in Austin and, and what do you like about it? I've lived here since 1989. Um, what I like about it is it's very progressive. Um, it's got a young vibe. Doesn't necessarily mean it is a young city, though it is. Um, but I like the young energy that there is here. There's a big startup community, a big tech community. I love both of those things. We're always top 10 lists, very often number one on a lot of the lists nationally about places to live, places to retire, places to invest, places to do business. It's just a great place. A lot of outdoor activities, uh, very foodie uh, town. We are foodies, so I enjoy that about it. But I've seen a shit ton of change in uh, progress since 1989 when I moved here. So I've been here for a long time, but I like all the new stuff. Absolutely, and I know not everybody feels the same about all the new stuff and the new license plates in town, but you know, progress is progress. And I don't think you can argue with that. Right. So, you know, Bruce, why do you choose to invest in Austin? I know as a syndicator, you can really invest anywhere. You know, you can invest anywhere in the country and you can build a team there and make it happen. And why Austin or central Texas? Well, Austin is where I live, right? So I got started here by finding a coach here locally that walked me through it, taught me the ropes helped me buy my first couple. Uh, they kind of mentored me through that. And I've always been able to find what I need in my own backyard, Central Texas, so Austin and San Antonio. So I haven't had a need to go outside. I know there are a lot of people that just roll all over the nation looking for properties. I don't do that. Um, they may find better deals than me, but I just don't want the hassle of trying to learn, you know, 43,000 different markets. You know, can I establish myself in that respective market? Because I self-manage too. I, I'm not opposed to hiring a third-party management company if I branch outside of my own backyard. 
but I prefer to do prefer to do it the way I did in Nashville, you know, start a management company there, get boots on the ground there, and then gradually grow into our own ownership out there. So it's just a great market. It was where I lived. So that's how I got started. And again, I haven't found a need to go outside yet to find a good deal. Yeah. And not to mention there's still tremendous growth going on here. So can't argue with what's happened in Austin. Right. So Bruce, what originally attracted you to real estate investing? I know you're quite far along now. You've got a thousand units and it sounds like you've been at it for a while, but what started you in real estate investing? So I worked for other people for, I worked in retail for almost 20 years. I'm a high school dropout. Um, so I fell into retail for quite a while. Did that until I realized this sucks. I hate everything about this. I was fat. I was depressed. I was lonely. You know, the whole sob story, bullshit story. So I just walked away when I was 42 years old, I believe it was. And I just had to figure out what was the next thing for me. I didn't have a family, didn't have a relationship of any kind, lived by myself out in Leander, which is a suburb of Austin. I uh, just played my yard all day, every day for a year. And then I realized, man, I, I got to find something else to do. So I just started looking around for um, uh, real estate resources because, you know, you keep reading about it everywhere. I'm a big investor. Uh, I invest in the stock market a lot, but you kept hearing about uh, real estate and the way that's, you know, what a lot of people have done. A lot of people have made their fortunes there. So I thought, well, let me look into that, see what that's all about. Uh, I thought I was going to buy single family homes, pay them off, which I've since learned is just dumb idea. Um, so when I started my journey, my coach luckily said, no, uh, that, that's a bad idea. Don't go into single family. Do it if you have to. If that's the way you need to get started in real estate investing, there's nothing wrong with it. But if you don't need to, do not do that. They said to me, it was a waste of my time. And I'm glad I listened because it would have been a waste of my time. I would not be where I am now. Uh, multifamily is a bigger payoff. It's more rational. It's safer. Uh, there's risk in everything we do, but it is a safer way to go. It, like I said, it's easier and it's a bigger payoff. So again, I don't fault anybody for starting there, but if you, if you have to start there, do whatever you can to get as big as you can, as quickly as you can, so you can roll out of single family and into multifamily. You might beat me in a cash on cash return in single family, but you're not going to beat me if I'm a good operator and multifamily. There's just no chance. Absolutely. And I think multifamily too has a lot more space for other people to bring on to make, make your end easier. You know, you guys have a vertically integrated company with management and that's a big deal, but it'd be hard to do that with single family. Well, single family. Yeah. You need to have so much scale to be able to do all of your own management and hire other people to help you with it. You know, you buy one to five, maybe even 10 homes, you know, you could find somebody to manage them for you, but you know, average is 10%, I would say, but that's 10% of rent, not 10% of profit. So that's going to suck away two to four months worth of your profit before anything happens. Then let's see the water heater pop that you thought was okay when you bought it. You know, it's another thousand dollars. That may be, might be another three to five months worth of profit just gone. I don't have that issue in multifamily. So um, I like the space I'm in. Some people I can't convert, you know, and, and that's totally fine. Everybody's going to do what they want to do. But if you really want to build a true business, not a side gig or a hobby, and some people I have offended by saying that, and I get it. Some people can make a true business of single family work 
it's a hell of a lot harder than what I do. Um, I could buy 100 units. I could buy 300 units under one roof. 300 houses? Shit, they're everywhere. So I like my way. I think it's easier. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I think as far as building a business, multifamily is the easier way to go. Single families, like you said, it's hard to scale. Yep. It's hard to scale. It's hard to bring in other people to help. So, Bruce, what was your first deal? 2012, September, I bought a 48 unit as a syndication. I've syndicated everything I've ever done. I've only been in multifamily and I've only syndicated within multifamily. But I bought a 48 unit in 2012, brought in 14 other investors. It was my first deal with no experience, no W-2 job, you know, all the things that people think, oh, well, you, I can't do this. I don't have experience. I don't have a job. You just don't want it bad enough. You're not willing to figure it out. I did. You know, I listened to a coach. And a lot of people have a bad taste in their mouth about coaches and it's like a stigma. There's a stigma attached to coaches and mentors and what people call gurus. I don't like the word guru myself, but if you don't know what you're doing, why the hell would you not pay for somebody to help you? It's what got me started. I would have never bought an apartment complex without a coach. We're doing pretty damn well for ourselves now. We have uh, you know, 30 to 40 employees. We have a lot of uh, corporate staff. We have all the staff at all the properties that we pay. So we've created a lot of jobs for other people. We provide for other families. We provide places to live for other families. Again, if I didn't have a coach, that would not be where I am right now. So it's for me, the big picture of it, yeah, we, we do well financially, but it's I can make a much bigger impact because I am in multifamily. And I've got a lot of units in multifamily, but again, going back to the coach, it would have never happened without that coach. Absolutely. Yeah. Coaching is never a bad thing when you're trying to grow. Um, yeah. It's amazing how many people on Facebook and uh, want to light people up for, oh, you know, they're all crooks. They're all, you don't need it. You can get it all for free at the library. Well, yeah, you can. But how long is that shit going to take you? Yeah. And how many mistakes are you going to make because you couldn't ask the book a question? You know, so there are a lot of people out there that are very jaded and very cynical and that, again, to each their own, but don't, you know, hammer on me or rail against me or people that use coaches just because you choose not to. I will move faster, more safely and more soundly than you will without a coach. Hey guys, this is Jordan Moorhead here. And I wanted to ask if you could do a huge favor for me. If you could go leave a review for this podcast, wherever you're listening to it. That would really help me get this into the hands of other people that are interested in information about Austin real estate investing, and I'd be able to help more people. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. You can't argue with results. I think that's something you got you to say is, hey, this is what worked for me, and this is what worked for all these other people. I don't know many syndicators that are successful that haven't had a coach at one point in time, or probably still do. Exactly. I have lots of coaches and mentors and cohorts and, you know, peers. We all lean on each other. You know, we're out there doing lots of stuff on our own. But, you know, I've got a lot of friends that are in this industry that we lean on each other all the time. Hey, this has just come up for me. I've never seen this happen. You maybe have a fire, maybe have a tornado or a flood. I have all kinds of people to reach out to because there's no chance in hell I will ever know everything there is to know in this. Absolutely. So, you know, Bruce, I asked people to tell us about just something they may have learned through a bad deal or maybe their worst deal they've had. You know, is there, I'm sure there's lessons you've learned. What would you tell somebody else that's just getting started to look for if they're looking to syndicate an apartment complex? 
The number one thing would be just be conservative. Don't stretch numbers to make a deal work. Well, you know, I like this deal, but it's only a 3% return. And, you know, I need a 5% return for people to want to invest with me. You know, maybe if I assume I can grow rent more than I really think I can, I'll, I'll figure out how to get there. Don't do that. That stuff is a bad idea, but I see that shit happen all the time. And you're setting yourself up for failure. But, you know, the biggest headache, heartache, heartburn, you know, that I've encountered was my very first property. And I guess that's expected. But again, I had a coach. So she kind of walked me through it, helped me through it, uh, put her arm around me for lack of a better phrase to, to make sure I didn't you know, lose my crap when things went wrong. But I learned a very valuable lesson about plastic and fiberglass bathtubs. They crack. And if you don't look for that stuff, when you do your due diligence inspections, that can turn into a really big headache. I bought a well, it was built in 84. So what, it was probably a 35-year-old property, a 30-year-old property at that time when I bought it. You know, these flat fiberglass bathtubs, they flex when you stand in them over time. And over 30 years of flexing, they start to break down. And I had about four to six of them break down in upstairs units. And when that happens, it floods the downstairs unit. So instead of having a, you know, 50 to maybe $200 repair even, now I have a thousand dollar problem on my hand because I got to repair the downstairs unit, the upstairs unit, fix the bathtub, sometimes rip out bathtubs. It, it's just a nightmare. So that was probably the biggest headache that I dealt with and the biggest learning curve that I had. And to this day, I will not buy a deal without looking at all the bathtubs. I learned my lesson hard. Yeah, everybody has their thing. You know, for me, it's, it's HVAC units. I'm real particular about the HVAC unit because I've had a bunch go out at the same time and been out tens of thousands of dollars just to replace a few units, but you talk to everybody about due diligence and they all have their, their item that they're real diligent about looking at. Right. And I think that's great advice. They take due diligence seriously. Talk to a lot of people make sure you're really thorough when you're doing it. Right. So, you know, Bruce, I, I know you've got a lot of advice for people, but what's your one piece of advice for a newer investor? So say somebody's just looking to get into active real estate investing and multifamily syndication, what would you tell them? Well, so if they're going to syndicate themselves, um, I would say just, again, please get somebody on your side that's done it before, done it successfully to lean on. Because again, that book, you can't ask a question to. And there's all kinds of stuff that's going to come up. I promise that there's not going to be covered in any book on any podcast. You know, you just need somebody on your side. That's the biggest piece of advice I can give you. Um, and raise money early, often, and never stop raising money. Raise way more than you think you need. If you think you need a million dollars to take down that first deal, you damn well better raise two to $3 million. Because I promise once you come back to these guys, because now you have a deal after they soft committed to you that if you find a deal that meets all my you know, criteria, I would probably give you 50 grand, Bruce. Okay, three, six, nine months down the road, I finally find a deal that I can present to you well, you may have found another deal before I got to you, or you may have had a family emergency come up, or maybe you just don't like my ass anymore because I cuss, you know, who knows? There's all kinds of reasons people will not come through at the end, so you better way overraise. And then if you're looking to do it passively, don't be too hasty. You know, do your due diligence as a passive investor. Make sure you know who you're investing in and make sure you know who that syndicator is. Just because somebody is a syndicator does not mean they have any control over your investment because you may be giving money to a syndicator 
that is then taking your money, putting it together with other people's money to create their syndication that they then go put into the deal sponsor's syndication. And that happens quite often. So just because you give somebody your money doesn't mean they know anything about the deal. They, they've, you know, they have any influence on the deal. Um, I had one person talking to me about a deal they were doing or that they were investing in. They said, yeah, I gave Johnny my money in his syndication. I said, well, is Johnny the deal sponsor? What does that mean? I'm like, oh no. Like, well, are they the one actually going to run that asset, that property, that company that's going to go out and buy that asset on your behalf? Do you know who that is? Is is that who the person is that you gave your money to? No, it's not. That that's not well, okay. Well, who's the deal sponsor? Who's the person managing it day to day? I don't know. Like, holy crap, what are you doing? You vetted the guy you gave money to, but the person he's going to give money to on your behalf, man, you better know who you're giving money to. Make sure it's the person at the end of the line. If it's not, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but you better find out who that person is at the end of the line that's going to control the investment for you. Make sure you understand who they are, uh, see their track record and vet them. Absolutely. You know, I think we talked about due diligence earlier. Due diligence on a deal sponsor is a big deal. Mm-hmm. As you know them and you know all about them. Right. Um, so Bruce, what would you tell somebody for a business or mindset book that was looking to get started? And I, I see a bunch of books back there staring at me. <laughs> well, the one third shelf down would be my number one choice, syndicated <laughs> as a bitch by yours truly. Um, but, you know, mindset, well, there's a book by Dwight called Mindset. Um, huh. you know, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. I think it was Napoleon Hill. I always screw that up. Um, but, you know, get yourself in a proper mindset. Quit thinking dogmatically like you've been taught your whole life, most likely. You know, read, um, what is it? Uh, Killing Sacred Cows by Garrett Gunderson. You know, he, he breaks down uh, money myths, financial myths. You, you just got to think differently. Putting money into a 401k or an IRA is probably not the best idea for you now. It's better than doing nothing. I'll, I'll say that, but... I don't think it's anywhere close to the best way to build wealth and to protect your family and provide for your family or much less leave a legacy. So mindset, that's the stuff. And then of course there's the basics. There's rich dad, poor dad. We all know that one. That's what gets most all of us in this space at some point. Um, But that's a good one. Uh, If you own your own businesses, I just read the, the book about Reed Hastings and Netflix don't remember what it's called. <laughs> that didn't help many people, but that was good. And then I read What It Takes by Schwartzman, the guy that started Black, I think it's Black Stone, not Black Rock. I always get that one mixed up too. But that was a very, very good book. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I really liked your book, Syndicating as a Bitch. Um, I, I highly recommend it. You can say, it. you're not going to offend me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, great book. Um, it's, uh, we'll put a link in the notes for it. It's easy to get on Amazon. I think it just came out in May. Yep, May 5th. May 5th. Okay, yeah, perfect. Um, so, you know, I think Bruce gave some pretty good mindset advice. There's, you know, relearn your thinking. How you were taught and how you were brought up most likely isn't the best way to build wealth and to leave a legacy and to be financially free. So you need to reprogram yourself there. And there's tons of great books out there that can help you do that. So, you know, Bruce, we talked about your book and the books you like. 
How can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more about what you're doing? I know you you have a local meetup here that hasn't been going on, and maybe sometime in the future it is. But if somebody wanted to get a hold of you right now, yeah, we did pause the uh, the meetup. Um, I'm starting to get back out a bit, you know, as I feel it's safe to get around. Uh, I'm going to different uh, national conferences. I'm going to the Think Realty. Uh, national conference in Baltimore at the end of this week. So that'll be a lot of fun. But for me directly, the website is the best way, apt-guide.com. You can follow me on LinkedIn. I try to be active. It's hard to find time to always be active on LinkedIn and uh, Instagram. But on LinkedIn, I write some articles about, you know, things to think about as you're getting into this industry, uh, investing in real estate. But going back to the website, if you go to apt-guide.com, that landing page is all about the book. It talks to you about what the book is about, why I wrote the book, but also down at the bottom of the page, if you'll give me your email, I'll send you a free copy of the book. And you know, I'm oh, wow. not trying to make money with the book. Um, I'm not trying to find clients with the book. I'm not trying to get investors with the book. I'm trying to help people understand what syndicating is all about and not just believe the hype at the front of the room when you're in one of those rooms pitching their coaching program. Most all those groups are very good groups run by very good people, but they're trying to sell you some stuff. I'm not. I want to give you a free book. If you read the book and realize, oh, this is a lot harder than I thought it was, and you still want to do it, fine. If you don't want to do it because you realize there's a lot of you know stress, there's a lot of work involved that I just didn't realize because they didn't tell me that at the seminar that I went to, well, then I feel that the book has been a big success also because I'm trying to keep people from making mistakes uh, by giving somebody ten dollars to $20,000 and not understanding exactly what they're getting themselves into. So again, I'll give you a free book if you go to the website. Absolutely. I encourage everybody to do that. There's a ton of coaching programs out there right now that just make it sound so easy and so good. And, you know, definitely read, read books like Bruce's before you even look into that stuff. Yep. All right, Bruce, I have one last question, probably the most important question that I ever ask. What's your favorite restaurant in Austin? <laughs> My favorite restaurant in Austin? Uh, I don't want to say Uchi and Uchiko. Everybody knows about those world-famous sushi places, but they're fantastic. Um, my favorite, it's been so long because everything is shut down. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really like Lonesome Dove downtown. Actually, my favorite it's not the best food. It's good food, but it's not the best food. They've got good drinks, but I love Perla on South Congress. It's, uh, they've got a fantastic outside deck. Uh, they're a local seafood uh, restaurant that I love. All right. Oh, Perla. I, 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 hang on, hang on. I almost forgot this. I'm an investor in this restaurant, and I, oh. I would have probably gotten shot if I didn't say this. Sway. It's an upscale um, Thai restaurant here in Austin. There's one in Westlake, there's one at the Domain, and there's one in South Austin. So Sway, and it's not just because I invest in the company, but it is fantastic. If you like Thai food and you like spicy food, for sure, you can't go wrong with Sway. Awesome. And it's a Sway sit-down restaurant? Yeah, it is. Absolutely. All right. So, you know, check out Sway. Uh, Your meetup is at Rudy's, correct, when, when you're doing it? Right. It is at Rudy's. We might be moving on. You know, it's got a good enough space, but it, it's, it's not ideally laid out mm-hmm. for what we do. The acoustics in there suck. I've got a big voice. So, you know, luckily it's not that bad. But when we try to get interaction from the crowd, half the people can't hear what, you know, even if you're sitting, you know, 20 feet away, it's hard to hear in there. So when we start it back up, we'll probably find a new venue. But yeah, that's where it's been so far. 
All right. Yep. So check out Bruce's meetup when, when it's back on, hopefully here soon, hopefully the beginning of the year or so we're back doing meetups again. But Bruce, well. thank you so much for coming on here. Again, if you want to get hold of Bruce, go to the apartment-guy.com. Is that correct? Apt-guy.com. Apartmentguy-com.com. Um, great website. I will put that in the notes too, but okay. thanks so much for coming on here, Bruce. Really appreciate it. Everybody look up Bruce Peterson, look up his book. Great stuff. Thanks, Bruce. All right, Jordan. Thank you.